Okay, so today I'm here with Dr. Rosie Sexton. Uh, Dr. Sexton is a mathematician. Um, she has her first maths degree from Cambridge University and then subsequently a master's and a PhD from Manchester. Um, Rosie is also an osteopath, having gotten her qualification from uh, having gotten her qualification from Oxford Brookes University in 2010. Um, apart from all that, she has had a long distinguished MMA career and um, being the first woman in the UK to compete in the UFC in the Ultimate Fighting Championships. And to top it all off, she is now also a politician and is a councillor for the Green Party in uh, Solihull. So Rosie, thanks so much for joining me. And um, the topic that we were going to discuss today was we were wanting to just sort of get some discussion going around the topic of politics and healthcare and how uh, as individuals, our political leanings might in some ways affect how we treat patients one-on-one -on -one in the clinic, and also maybe thinking about how that would form our views of what healthcare should be like for everyone uh, in general. So yeah, just fire away, say a few words on how did you become a politician for a start? And Absolutely. So I think this is, this is a really interesting topic, um, and I'm, I'm so glad you asked me to talk about it because I could go on about this for hours. Um, I mean, in a nutshell, the reason I got involved in politics, my journey to this point has been one of solving problems. So I, I got involved in mixed martial arts when I was at university the first time around doing maths. Um, and it was through the mixed martial arts that I started to um, get an interest in sports injuries, obviously there are a lot of sports injuries around. I experienced some, some of my training partners did. Um, and it was really difficult to find people who understood the nature of the sport and who could um, give good advice about rehab specific to the sport. So I found myself getting interested and getting involved in um, rehab for sports injuries. And, and um, through that, it, I ended up going back to university to, to study osteopathy. Um, and that has then led to uh, a, a clinical career. So I, I have my own clinic here in Solihull. Um, I treat people from all different walks of life. I treat sort of sport people as well as, you know, people all the way through uh, the, the, the different age groups, um, different demographics, different backgrounds. Um, and it was through doing that, I think, um, that some of my interest in in politics came about because talking to the people who came into my clinic i started to realize that some of the problems that these people are having were stemming from some of the systemic problems you know for example difficulty they were having accessing healthcare, or difficulty they were having with housing or with you know other other aspects of that and it struck me that actually some of this is the things that we need to look at on a on a societal level um, so that was one of the things that that got me interested in it um, i also got involved with our local green party and they taught me into standing as a candidate and one thing led to another and that's how i ended up um, becoming a local councillor in that role i've taken on um, the, uh, the locally um, the spokesperson role for health and adult social care so i deal a lot with our public health department our adult social care department um, and i look at you know some of the health policy some of what the uh, the council is involved with with provision of health care i've discovered how complicated health care provision 
is and how many different organizations are involved with that yeah. everything um but it's been it's been a really interesting journey and it's been a steep learning curve um i've uh, i've picked up a, a lot as i've gone and it's been really insightful and i think my practice as an osteopath informs what I do as a politician and it informs some of my views but the other way around is also true I think some of what yeah. I see as a councillor also informs my practice locally and you know it, because I mean we're all people you know I, I can't separate me as a councillor from me as an osteopath um, because in both regards my, my, my practice is informed by my I mean my values but also my life experience and that's something that you can't sort of put on one side and put on the shelf when you go into your clinic um so i think it is something that i'm i'm very conscious of but i think it's actually been quite um that sort of perspective has really helped me with with some of the cases that i've i've dealt with in clinic as well yeah. and um it's helped me to just tie those two things together so it's it's interesting to be able to see it from both angles yeah yeah I personally I've you know I'm a physiotherapist I've never um I've never been particularly I suppose involved with or really felt that I knew much about politics or how it works you know I think I, I put on Twitter when we connected over this thread like what even is politics but I have yeah. this um I have this kind of sense that I'm, I'm starting to get more and more interested in it and I think it might be for the same reason that you've just mm. described there which is you see situations in clinic and you realize that actually this problem is maybe better solved at a at a different level at one level up from where this person has come in into my clinic and I'm interacting with them on a one-to-one -one level so um, yes yeah and I mean there are lots of issues that we deal with in politics that um, affect people's health I mean for example when we talk you know how disabled people are treated in society and their ability to access services to access benefits for example that's all going to have a, a a really profound influence on 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 their health you know and the level of stress that they might have and you know how able they are to do all the activities that would help to benefit their condition perhaps um you know there's things like housing um i mean one of the big things that I've focused on since getting into local politics is health inequality and mm -hmm. this is a phenomenon where people who are generally better off or who live in better off areas live longer than people who live in more deprived areas yeah and within Solihull which is my borough um the difference between areas in the north of Solihull and some of the areas in the south is actually 12 years for average life expectancy mm -hmm. the average life expectancy difference between um kingshurst in north solihull and Knoll in south solihull and this is within the space of a few miles is 12 years um, I mean, and that's, the difference, that's quite amazing yeah yeah um and the difference in healthy life ex expectancy is even longer so people in in um some of those areas in north solihull will live more of their shorter lives in poor health Mm. Um, yeah you're talking about health span as well as lifespan yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and when you start looking into well why is this you know why does this happen i think this is where um things get really interesting because again depending on your political persuasion you may lean more towards um different explanations for that 
Um, that's yes of- that's exactly what I've been trying to get at it, basically mm-hmm. in this thread something along the lines of how does your political leaning slash values and kind of moral intuitions how might they feed into your opinions on what to do about the situation as a healthcare professional yeah yeah and I mean there's, there's there's two sort of basic approaches to this one is that actually the determinants of health you know things like um having enough income to to get by to be able to afford the the basics in life um good housing um having a, a good social environment good ser- public services around you things like that um those are a really big um influence on what your health um what your health span is likely to be what your life expectancy is likely to be um so there's a question of well should we look at improving those issues or the other approach which some people prefer to take is well let's focus on individual responsibility and let's put this down to you know well maybe if we could convince people to eat more healthily and smoke less do more exercise then um then then they'll live longer and i think one of the to some extent that difference does um people naturally lean towards one explanation over the other Mm. um what i found uh, the more you look into some of the public health literature um, actually the evidence is reasonably clear about this yeah. um that actually the, the those social factors are really big influence yeah. and you know if you dig into that on an individual level i mean one of the things we tend to find and you'll be well aware of this as a physio is that actually stress makes people ill um, oh yeah yeah you know when you get somebody coming in and they've got a high baseline level of stress because of everything that's going on in their lives and that may be because you know they're not they're on a an insecure employment contract they don't know where the next rent payment is coming from you know they're having to um bring up a young family in cramped conditions all of those things are going to have an effect on on their health um it's also going to have an effect on their ability do things which are good for them you know and that might be the rehab exercises we give them it might also be eating healthily you know if if you live in an area where um you don't have easy access to large supermarkets you don't have a car um the corner shop is is full of um processed food you know getting fresh vegetables in is is a real challenge um all of those things are going to have an effect on how likely it is that you can do the things that will give you better health outcomes. Um, So, and these are all things that politics looks at. I mean, politics in a nutshell is about how we organize society. It's about how we um, provide services to people, how we distribute resources, who has power, power to make those decisions. Um, all of those things so that's the domain of politics and I mean, would it be fair to say that sorry, Rose, sorry. the delay on this uh, on this call but would it be fair to say that I suppose that the domain of politics it would be a question like do we need more say physiotherapists in an area or do we need to invest in active transport or better housing or it's it's that type of thing that politics yeah, concerns absolutely and these are things that sort of come in front of us actually when we're making mm. some of those decisions i mean they're not all local council decisions um but they're decisions that may be made in, in conjunction with the health service for example locally mm. um and 
when we're talking about this public health, which is um, essentially led by uh, by local councils. So we've got, um, I mean, I have regular conversations with the director of public health, and we talk about you know, things like prevention, and that will include things like active transport, um, the provision of leisure services, you know, the ability of people to access uh, gyms, um, you know, other projects that might be going on to try and encourage people to be more active. Um, there's been programs set up in order to help um, older adults to um, we, one of the things that's recently come out is we know that strength training is incredibly beneficial when it comes to um, improving outcomes for older adults and reducing the need for social care. So that's one of those yeah. things which is a win-win-win um, because if you can help people to be more independent, be more active, you're improving their health outcomes and you're also reducing the need for those public services. Um, so that's something that, again, you know, the evidence tells us yeah. this is a really good thing to invest in. Um, and and Rola, you, you just, I think you just mentioned there that you've been in conversations with, did you say the Director of Public Health? Yes. So okay. part of my role... Um, as um, a local health spokesperson is that I, I talk to our directors for, for public health and adult social care about some of the things that the council's doing and, you know, what's going on in their domain and what, um, and public health covers a, a lot of different things. It covers the, the preventative aspects of health. So a lot of what we were talking about, you know, from a musculoskeletal point of view, mm. um, in, encouraging people to be active is a, is a major part of that um you know at the moment particularly we're also looking at um dealing with the covid pandemic so a lot of the infection control and prevention measures those have been dealt with by our public health department um they look at issues like homelessness as well because that's very much a public health concern um so domestic violence comes under public health mm -hmm. so there, there's a lot of the different different things that are covered by that um, and again the things that we, we may not necessarily think of immediately when we um in in clinic in our role with patients mm -hmm. but all of those are going to be things that potentially impact that patient's well-being yeah um, and potentially there are things that we should be considering on an individual one-to-one -one level just as we do at a societal level you know i think um I'm going to, I think you've answered a question that I was wanting to ask you. So I'm just going to um, ask you the question that I was planning to ask yeah. you and then check whether I actually have your answer right or how you would answer, I suppose. Um, so one thing that I was wondering is just given your, I suppose, given your your background, your range of interests, and you're, you're obviously, you're a person with a, you know, <laughs> you know, a very learned person, very skilled in many ways. So I'm thinking that your time is actually really quite valuable. You're the kind of person that if you're going to decide to put your time, your time is a real resource, what are you going to use that time on? Um, and I was wondering, like, what is it about politics in particular that has made you think this, this direction here, this politics, this is worth me investing my time in? Uh, you know, it seems to me like you're not the kind of person who's just going to let their attention be drawn wherever, you know, sort of. Um, so I was thinking about that question and what you've just said, it sounds to me like the time that you spend in your political role seems to have quite, quite a large measurable impact. Is that right? Like if you're actually speaking to the director of public health about these, yeah? Yes. So 
I mean, in in my clinical role, and I mean, I love being an osteopath. I love working one on one with patients. It's something that I find really rewarding. But I'm always aware that I'm only seeing the people one who make person. it to my clinic. Yeah, I can see one person at a time. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, there's lots of people out there who either don't know where to go or they can't afford private treatment or um and again especially given what i know about um uh, health inequalities and the fact that you know people who can't necessarily afford treatment themselves they're Mm -hmm. likely to be much worse off um it makes me think that actually i want to find ways to address this on a societal level Mm -hmm. how can we improve improve our outcomes across the board rather than i mean treating people one-to-one sometimes it feels like I don't know if you've heard the story about throwing starfish back into the ocean the, the yeah. young boy is walking on the shore throwing the starfish back into the ocean yeah it and really yeah, does you know, yeah. it absolutely matters to that one you know yeah. that person can help you know and you know some of those have been the most rewarding conversations and interactions I've had when people have explained you know just how much it's yeah. changed their life being able to get them out of pain and get them back to doing the activities that that are meaningful to them um but then I think well there's all the people out there that I'm not seeing and what can we you know we need to if there are issues going on at a societal level that make some of these problems worse and that mean that more people are going to end up I mean from just from a musculoskeletal point of view you know in pain or struggling with um you know those issues particularly as they get older um and not just again you know not just looking at it from my narrow speciality you know you've got mental health as well you've got um, cardiovascular health you've got everything um so what can we do that helps people across the board and that's I think what got me interested and got me thinking about it at a political level um and I think it's I wouldn't say that one is necessarily more effective than the other because, I mean, the the, the challenges of getting things done politically, particularly when you're in opposition, as we are in Solihull, mm-hmm. um, that's that's really difficult. And I mean, there are times when I can say, yes, I'm pretty sure we made a difference there because we've managed to um, keep a particular issue on the agenda or I've sort of raised a problem that's going on and then people go on to look at it and it because of something that I brought up it means that that gets looked at there's a a good example recently um I sit on our health scrutiny committee which is how local health services are accountable to our residents um so most people don't know about health scrutiny committees um, health scrutiny committee Yes. So that is the mechanism by which all of our local health services um, are accountable to to our local residents. So whether it's, you know, the hospitals in the area, um, your GP services, um, the, count- the services provided by the council, um, they, they're all accountable to the health scrutiny committee. So if there's a change in service provision, for example, we can ask them to come and talk to us and we can grill them about it. And if we're not happy with it, in theory, we can ask them to look at it again. Um, so that's something that, again, I, I find really rewarding because it means sometimes just by asking the right questions, you can make sure that certain things have been considered, um, whether that's the needs of a particular group of patients or whether it's um, how a particular service is, is delivered and you know how, how people are able to interact with that. Um, 
And I'll give you an example. One of the things that came to our health scrutiny committee earlier this year um, was the council provided, some of the council provided mental health services. So it's the community mental health services. Mm -hmm. And they were going to change the contracts, um, which basically meant that it was, it was going up to um, for re-procurement. So they were putting that out to tender and inviting bids from different organisations, different charities who might want to run those contracts. Um, and, and provide those health services. And I had some concerns about the way that the um, that report had been written and some of the things that they were looking to, to do. And that's something that we raised in, in that health scrutiny meeting, you know, and I, I'm talking sort of in quite high level, sort of fairly abstract terms, um, but what it was about was about the need for measurable outcomes and something I'm, I'm very aware of is that measurable outcomes can be very good in some ways but particularly when we're talking about mental health it can also be very difficult because sometimes you've got somebody who's got a really serious mental health problem and actually the last thing they want to talk to you about are you know have they achieved you know have they ticked certain boxes and it can become quite um quite rigid and not very patient-centered if it's done yeah. in the wrong way and I was I was very concerned that these services were going to be provided in a patient-centered way that focused on what that patient needed and their values and the outcomes that they were looking for to get out of it yeah. rather than just an arbitrary checklist so that was something that that we brought up and we asked them to can you make sure that this is written into the contract um and actually that they took that away and they looked at it again and you know things were rewritten slightly and hopefully that means that in the end the the services that people end up getting may be a bit better as a result of that and it's very hard to track down you know the difference that you make you can't see it in quite the same way that you can when you're working one-on-one -on -one with people um but the flip side of that is that it can affect a lot more people yeah. you know we're, we're of 250,000 people there's a quarter of a million people who could potentially be affected by the decisions that are made um so the fact that you've got somebody there who's at least asking the right questions yeah. can make a real difference yeah i think I'm starting to really, yeah, to really sort of understand the the appeal to, to a clinician, like to someone mm -hmm. who basically, I suppose you're working in the in your community, you're trying to take care of the people in in your community with their pain problems and injuries and and whatever. And really, this is just an expansion of that. It's just, um, you know, I suppose you're taking care of your little corner of the world, but you're just trying to expand the number of people that you're including in that little yeah. corner of the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I mean. I don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on whatever level of that makes sense to you. You know, there, there are people who will spend their entire careers working one-on-one -on -one with patients yeah. and that's absolutely valuable. You know, yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not suggesting that we should all go out and become politicians because it's not right for everyone. You know, it's, it's not, uh, um, I, th I think it's important that people um, sort of make the most of their, their skills and their abilities and their interests where they are um, mm. but for some people it might make sense to try and get involved at that sort of you know that one level up if you like and being able to influence the conversation um, about how those priorities are managed on a 
on a community level you yeah. know so again you know when we're talking about setting budgets for things for example it's like how should we balance the need for for x against the need for y you know how do we um how do we make sure that we're going into providing children special educational needs for example you know the services that those people require um and again i think having people with an experience of working one-to-one -one with patients in those conversations i think is really useful yeah. um and you know I, I know that i'm not the only one i know that there's other people out there who've got i mean one of the things about being a local counselor is that most people have a background in in some other yes. career so whether you know teaching or um so or um in a business or industry um yeah. but it's good to be able to bring experience and to reflect on that um and to raise the concern that people bring to me as well. I mean, the, some of the things that I hear in clinic all the time, for example, a lot of people at the moment are really concerned about um, the difficulties they're finding in getting hold of their GP and getting face-to-face -face yeah. consultations with their GP. Um, and a lot of GPs have really made it quite hard to get those face-to-face -face consultations. Yeah. And when you talk to the GPs, they'll they'll tell you, or when you talk to the the managers, shall we say, um, the the chief execs and the people who are managing those those services, um, they'll say, well, this is being done on an evidence based um, in an evidence based way. Um, the clinicians are doing a risk assessment, and you know people are being triaged. And I can come back and say, well, the experience of patients is actually very different. And I can tell you that things are being missed because I see them in my clinic. Oh my gosh, this this is um, the perfect. This is just the perfect illustration of like yeah. how of of how sort of I suppose the idea of politics and political decision making at work in in a sort of microcosm of like of healthcare patient and clinician. Like, um, I mean, I have been incredibly pro video consultations. This this whole project that I run, the physios online. Mm project started because I thought mm. video consultations were an absolute breakthrough just the best thing to happen to physiotherapy and I was so strongly pro and I'm sure many you probably were as well yeah. I've had yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I absolutely agree with you it's a and really now, really valuable tool I'm not I, I don't take this me being in any way against video consultations but now but now I find myself yeah. I'm in the position now of going hold on a second in our enthusiasm running away with this like was there a downside that we didn't actually consider um it's that it's that whole balance of like the lived experience let's say of the patient and what they feel about the situation versus what the cold hard evidence says and the resource allocation it's that kind of uh, tension there isn't it yes absolutely and again i think uh, sometimes one of the things that evidence can miss particularly when you've got a fairly small or emerging evidence base is that we can miss where there's a heterogeneous group so yeah. you've got some people who react really well to that and who get real benefit from having remote consultations yeah. and then you've got another group who maybe um don't get as much out of it or you know who, who find that really difficult or for, for whatever reason they struggle to access it um it and needs to be a choice some people, some people find it harder and sometimes you don't always see in the evidence base those different groups yeah. um, 
depending on how you how you're doing your studies and so yeah. that if, I mean if, for example if you just look at the average outcomes you might find that the average outcomes are just as good for online consultations as for um in-person consultations oh, yeah. mm. when you look at the the, the the data a bit more um on a fine a finer grained level you may find that actually there are different groups within that and I mean, one of the things that I'm I'm very keen on is figuring out how we can make the most of the benefits yeah. of those new tools that we've got, while at the same time um, making sure that any downside is mitigated. You know, yeah. or and for example, people who who aren't suited to video consultations for whatever reason, whether that's because they don't like it, or whether it's because they're struggling to articulate themselves, and actually that face-to-face -face interaction yeah. um, the clinician can pick up a bit more information from that than they they can remotely um, so there might be lots of different reasons um, I mean one of the concerns that that came up for me were people who have certain kinds of additional needs so some people I mean and sometimes that's obvious you know if somebody's struggling with uh, with hearing for example then obviously phone consultations are going to be really difficult um look, but then look sometimes it's just not sometimes it's just not possible my you know yeah. my sort of background here I, I had started doing video consults before covid so that when covid right. struck I basically just moved my entire clinic over to video and it was no big deal but the reason why I had started with video in the first place the reason was because yeah. of actually a disabled patient or a patient with disability. Like he had an acquired brain injury. It was difficult for him to travel, but he was fine at using a computer. So that's an example of perfect. He's happy to go on video consults. It was just a game changer for him. But, for him, it worked really well, yeah. Exactly um, for him. But I also had, for example, during that period, we only had a short lockdown here where I am in Norway, but during that period, um, my patients, those who, who were unable to access video consults, I mean, that, that meant that they were just left with nothing. So if it's, it's, it's all very fine and well, you know, I had a patient say who'd had a stroke many years ago, um, you know, uh, affected on one side, couldn't operate an iPad or a phone or whatever. And so he just didn't get any care at all for that. It was only a short period, like I say, but so yeah, video consultations, it's its opened up a, a fantastic opportunity for us, but it mustn't be like, I don't think that we should be forcing patients to say, this is your only option. You, you're no longer allowed to see your GP face-to-face -face unless you jump through these different hoops. And, yes, yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's exactly it. And I mean, like I say, even when we're looking at disabled patients, for example, disabled patients aren't a homogenous group either. You know, we know that, you know, there's some disabled patients for whom um, video consultations have been marvellous. Oh, yeah. But then they have, for example, I mean, maybe certain kinds of autism where they really mm -hmm. struggle Absolutely. with that interaction. And then there are other people who have autism who find it great. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, finding what works for that individual. And it's that patient-centred approach that I think, you know, I mean, in my view, and maybe this is a reflection of my politics, that I mean, that's what I think we should be aiming for with everyone anyway. You know, it's that um, that interaction, you know, we're working together to find a solution that works for that person. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, as I say, that we've got a, a range of different tools and that might include video consults for some people. For others, that might not work so well. Um, and I think that's 
that's great. But the problem is when we're looking at sort of um, public health provision, you know, health provision across society, mm-hmm. um, this is where, again, when, when the politics come in, when people are trying to uh, maybe make things more efficient or to save resources and say, well, actually, this is a more efficient way of doing it. And, and what sometimes gets um, screened out of that conversation are those patient experiences. Yeah. And again, one of the things that you know I see as part of my role as a counsellor is to feed back in the experience of of my residents, the people I represent, you know, I I need to make sure that those experiences are being taken into account. Um, So, you know, if somebody's had a bad experience because they haven't been able to access that care. um, And, you know, like I said, I've I've got a few specific examples that I I tend to use. um, And it's a combination of things that I see in clinic, things that people um, call me or email me about as a counsellor. and that enables me to to make sure that people are aware of that and again i mean i think a lot of people in um so in government whether that's you know as a civil servant or as a politician there are a lot of people who do want to do the right thing they got into it at least in order to try to make things better mm. um i think it's difficult in our current political environment, particularly in the UK, because everything's so very polarised. Um, but yes. I think a lot of people, you know, come to it because they want to try and make a difference. Yeah. Um, and when people are aware of challenges and problems and, you know, how things aren't working, they'll want to try to, to make things better and to try to fix it. But the problem arises when people aren't aware of that because that's not on their radar. Um, and again, I think this comes down to you know, how do uh, how does that feedback work? How, feedback? How, do, how do people get feedback on the outcomes of those those decisions? And again, you know, I, th- I think a lot of it's down to but the, the the whole political system and how that system works. Um, so I. Th- you know, and it's going to be different in different countries, you know, depending on, you know, how how politicians are elected and, you yeah. know, how, how things are set up and how the decision making takes place. Um, Rosie, but those are all things that are going to be relevant. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Interrupted again, it's the old delay. But um, something that I'm wondering about is what what is it about the Green Party? So so, you know, you're a healthcare professional. What you're wanting to do is basically um try to help it sounds very cliche but what you're trying to do is help people if we if we think of it this way we're healthcare professionals what we're actually about is reducing the general total amount of human suffering around us or in the world right so part of your another a new way that you have of doing this is by getting into politics so if your aim is i want to reduce the overall amount of human suffering by what i do with my time what is it about the green party instead of say the conservatives or whatever other party you could have chosen what is it about this this party that makes you think this is the way to get that done good question and i think i mean I th- i'll caveat this with i think all political parties have their challenges um i think for me the judgment call was that given where i am that's what made most 
sense to me. The Green Party is the party that is closest to reflecting my values. Um, they're also in a strong position in Solihull to win some seats and to be able to exert some influence. Um, so sort of the two taken together, I mm. think that, uh, that made a lot of sense. Um, I mean, I've, I've long thought that um, concerns around the environment and climate emergency in particular, that's the biggest existential threat that our, our generation faces. Yeah. You know, I think if we don't do something about that, everything else is going to look, start to look very small in comparison. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you know, you're, you're I think, the level up there. You're sort of looking at climate emergency. I was sort of working from the level of healthcare in the population here, access, all that, whereas you're, you're sort of going even up a level and saying, you know what, climate crisis, the existential threat to humanity in general, I mean, which it is. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think overall, you know, if, if we look at the, the things which are, are likely to cause the greatest amount of human suffering over the next yeah. 500 years, I think that's right up there. Um, so that's one of the reasons that I want a political party that, that really prioritise that. Mm. Um, I think, um, I mean, a focus on, on the environment locally, I think is really important for people, people's mental health, people's physical health, you know, things like access to green spaces, um, yeah. active transport, all of that fits in with what I understand as being beneficial to people. Um, and, you know, these are all things that I'll talk to people about in consultations, you know, I'll talk about yeah. lifestyle, I'll, I'll talk about um, how they can, you know, the actions they can take that can improve their overall outcomes and things, you know, on a level that makes sense to them. Um, again, you know, I, I try not to lecture. It's, it's very much a case of sort of figuring out what's going to make sense for that person and helping them to come to the, those conclusions rather than, you know, me sitting here and whacking my finger at them. Um, it's an art form, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, all of those things are, are really important. Like I say, it that made sense to me from looking at you know, the, the different political parties and looking at their, their values and their priorities. Um, for me, it's, you know, fairly clear that the, certainly in terms of those, those basic principles, um, the Green Party was the closest to where I am. Um, I mean, any political party, there, there's always going to be areas of disagreement, there's always going to be challenges i think this is no exception i would certainly not say that they're perfect in every respect um but i certainly think that locally we do a very good job of um providing that political balance to the i mean um the, the conservatives who are in administration in in solihull and also, you know, being able to, to raise those really important issues and make sure they stay on the agenda and that uh, they're being considered by those, the people who are making the decisions. Yeah, 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 interesting one. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to think now if there's anything else that I was planning to ask you. I'm going to look at my notes and see what else I was thinking of. I think we've covered most of these topics that I was wanting to, wanting to go over. Um, yeah, I, I suppose for, probably because of your mathematical background, I was sort of, I think I was approaching this conversation almost with like a sort of a puzzle solving lens, sort of thinking, mm. 
it's it's almost like you can maybe you can trace a sort of a a, a theme through there like with mathematics and then one-on-one -on -one problem solving with with patients yeah. probably not that i know anything about mma but from the bits and pieces i've picked up this whole jujitsu thing is some sort of a problem solving <laughs> thing going on there too or puzzle solving yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, and then in politics yeah 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 i mean that that makes sense to me actually the, the, i think the, the common thread through a lot of the things i've done and i'm aware solving. that people tend to look at look at my cv and go what <laughs> just because it's a it does look like a bit of a random collection of uh, of different things when you when you look at it but i think that's the, the common thread is that sort of decide to i mean approaching challenges if, if you like but but yeah problem solving yeah. and whatever level so you know yeah. it's sort of it, what you start with something that seems like quite this you know a small local problem and then you start realizing that actually this is part of something bigger and then you start looking at the bigger thing and yeah. you know it just spirals from there and i think i tend to i mean the way i think you know i i, I tend to sort of start by looking at one thing in particular and then before i know it you know i've uh, yeah I, I, uh, i've accidentally become a counselor <laughs> 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 I, I sometimes say to people that my my whole MMA career was it was a self improvement project that got out of hand. Um, it was a self improvement. <laughs> that was an intense um, self improvement project. That was <laughs> next level. <laughs> but I, that's 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 very much a reflection of who I am as a person. I tend to, to I tend to go all in on on these things. Um, well, then I, I think that you know if you're if you're a local councillor, if that's the sort of person you are, I think that the people in your community are are lucky. You know, um, look good for them. Lucky, lucky for them. Um, was there was there anything else that you were thinking that you wanted to get across about like on the topic of uh, I don't know healthcare professionals and politics and how. Yeah, was there anything else that you were wanting to, to say that we didn't get to? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'd just wrap up by saying if anyone listening to this is is interested in getting involved in local politics, um, please do look into it because it is really rewarding. Um, one of the things I find is that actually I wish I'd known a lot of the things that I've learned in the last year, 18 months, two years. Um, I wish I'd known a lot of that earlier in life because there's all manner of times when I would have been in touch with my local councillor about things um, mm -hmm. if I if I just realised that was something that I could do um, but uh, but I I do really recommend at least finding out about it because mm -hmm. I think knowing how the systems work and how it all fits together it's empowering if nothing else you know in a, it, knowing how the system works in a, enables you to navigate that better and that may just be a question of giving some pointers to your patients you know, yeah. if that patient is also, they, they need an occupational health assessment in order to get some uh, adaptations for their for their home in order to help them with their disability, for example. Um, knowing how to navigate the system to get that and being able to point them in the right direction and say, this is who you need to go and talk to. Um, or even being able to write a letter to that person and, you know, uh, try and get the ball rolling. Sometimes that can be a really, a real service to people and that can be really useful so even if you're not interested in getting involved in on the level of doing local politics understanding more about how the system works um, and i'm quite embarrassed actually about how little i understood about that 
before I got into politics. That's um, where I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's actually that's the position a lot of people are in, you know, just because a lot of this isn't it isn't really taught in schools. It's left to some people to, to get involved in if they're interested in it. But otherwise, it can largely pass you by. I mean, the, the national me media and you know, well, a lot of the media tends to focus on what's going on in national politics and what's yeah. you know happening at the level of government and you know what the prime minister did, did this week and those things. But it doesn't necessarily give you the knowledge of how all of those systems work and you know how things happen at that local level. Um, but I think understanding that is really really useful. So if you're interested at all, that's the place to start. And if you want to get more involved, um, I'm very happy to, to chat to anyone who's who's interested in taking that a bit further. By all means, get in touch with me. I can I can put you in the right directions, uh, uh, at least. Um, or just go and you know talk to some local councillors. Um, give drop them an email or give them a call uh, because that's what they're there for. Go and have have a chat. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, we'll that. Yeah, have fun with it. Yeah, listen. Um, thank you so much for this. You've certainly um, you've certainly inspired me a bit now to um, to look a bit more into this. I, I'm really really happy I had this conversation. Um, so uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's been it's been really interesting and very happy to catch up at any future point if you want to talk about it more. Or yeah, to take that. I'm just going to tell you right now that I am definitely going to take you up on that. So thanks. You're very welcome. Thanks, Amelia. Bye.